We're, ki- we're kicking off a series tonight just for a couple weeks called Moment Makers. Everybody say Moment Makers. Uh, and, and I want to kick off tonight with a question. We're going to start it out with a question, and I want us to begin to answer this question. And, and you may not be able to like respond like quickly, or you might be able to respond like that. Um, but here's the deal. I want you to answer this question, and not like I don't want you to yell it out. I just kind of want you to think about this. But the question is this. What if minor moments matter more than major ones? That's a lot of M's. That's a mouthful. But what if minor moments matter more than major ones? Right off the bat, you may say, Jeremy, you're a pastor. Like, this is just like a trick question, like spiritual question you wanted us to answer. And, and yes, I do want you to answer this. And, and, and you don't have to answer this immediately. You don't have to shout it out. I want you to think about this because we're going to come back to this uh, in our fam time. But what if we were to give an answer, um, what would we probably say the, the major moments? We, actually, we would probably say that the major moments that we have in our lives are what makes the difference in our lives. So there are some major moments that every single one of us are going to have in our lives. Like one day, you're going to walk across the stage with a little square hat, and you're going to get a diploma, and you're going to graduate. Hopefully, every single one of you in this room are going to do that. That's like a major moment. That's like a moment you'll never forget. Um, and and maybe, maybe for you in this room, getting your first car will be your major moment. Uh, I remember my first car was a 1983 Ford Thunderbird. This is what it looked like. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, there it is. And it actually wasn't even that cool. Like, it was an owned, owned by like an 80-year-old lady before I had it. Um, and what, actually, it was kind of cool because it was uh, when you would open the door, it would talk to you. You would open the door and it'd say, your door is ajar. Like, no, it's a door. Like, and, and it would say, it, it, no, it would actually speak to you. And it would say, your fuel level, level is low. Like, it would say things to you. And it was like, this is amazing, huh? I know, right? Really, I, they just beep at you, yeah. Um, so actually, may, it might have been a really cool car. I ran into a lot of curbs with that car, but, um, but, but there may have been, speaking of moments, there may have been, listen, there may have been moments in your life where you, maybe you won that tournament, which is a big moment in your life, or maybe where you won that championship, or you won that match, or you won that game, or you won that band competition, or you won that debate thing, or you won um, um, a speech tournament, I don't know what these things are really called, but um, or maybe you won a certain prize or a certain award, and you'll never forget those monumental moments. Every year, the first day of school is a major moment, right? Because you got to look good, you got to wear your new clothes, you got to look really nice, you got to impress everyone, you got to wear your new Air Force Ones or your Jordans, and you got to look really, really good, right? And the beginning of the new year is a major moment. And you may never forget it. The question is, though, listen, the question is, though, what if minor moments matter more than the major ones? If we're honest, minor moments are probably the ones that you forget. Our life is made up of moments, and moments always pass. If I asked you what you did on December 16, 2016, 
Like, would you be able to tell me? Maybe, maybe if it, like that's your birthday or if it's close to your birthday or something like that. But like, probably unless it was like some kind of major moment, you would probably never really remember what took place. Maybe you could get out your phone and scroll through your like photo history and find what a picture you took on that day, whatever. But there are things that took place on that day that you probably couldn't remember, that you probably couldn't tell me about. But I'd be willing to bet that if we were to look back on that day in, in, in 2016, and, and we, we, it probably had some kind of effect on today, on this moment right now. It had an effect on who you are today in this moment. So as we answer the question tonight, major moments are, are major. They're a big deal. But the minor moments are actually pretty major too. Um, one of my least favorite things in life are explaining rules to games. I'm actually really, really terrible at it, and, and I don't know why. Um, I'm not a good rules explainer, and I don't know why. Every time I ch- our church has a church function, they're like, oh, you're the youth pastor. You're the fun guy. You come up with some games. So like every Christmas, I make, make people laugh. You're the funny guy. Dance for everyone. Like I got I to gotta make people laugh. I got to have some kind of games. I got to do something. And like I'm all, every family fifth Sunday, like uh, you do the games. And I'm like, here we go again. I'm actually not that good at games. And, and I'm always the one put in charge. And I hate explaining the rules. Um, and anyone know why I hate explaining the rules? <laughs> well, that too. So here's what happens. Here's what happens when you're trying to explain the rules to a game. Um, people actually, people actually want to play the game sometimes, and but nobody wants to listen to the rules, right? And I don't know why this is because you need to know the rules if you're going to play the game. And at the moment you start to explain the rules, what happens? Or, or you get into the game, or and people start asking questions. And you're like, if you want to listen to the rules the first time, they get questions. They start to question you and like, well, tell me about this. What do you do here? What do you do with this? And, and, and like, if you would have just listened to me a couple moments ago, anyways, like, like when I started giving the rules, it just all, be, all become the ultimate snooze fest. But, um, but when it comes down to the moment, like when you maybe you might be winning the game or you might be doing something good. The, the rules all of a sudden matter. You want to know what you're supposed to be doing. And, and when all you had to do was pay attention for one second and catch the rules and you'll be just fine. But so many times in life, our moments, we have these moments that just pass us by. They pass us by because we look at them like they're nothing major, like they're nothing important. And if I'm being honest, like I can imagine, like I could probably feel the same way when I look back on days when I was your age and when I was in a youth group. Um, I probably, if, if I'm being completely honest, I probably don't remember very many, many of the sermons that were ever preached. And, and, and I'm a preacher now and I look back and I don't remember all of them, but I wish I would have paid more attention, or I wish I would have like taken notes, or I wish I would have written things down, or if I wished I would have listened more, because some of those moments that I thought were minor actually could have had a major effect on my life. And that's one of the reasons we encourage you to take notes. It's because we went you, and that's one of the reasons that we encourage you to be here on a consistent basis. Um, 
and, and, and pay attention and to listen and to hear what God wants to speak to your heart because moments matter. Moments matter. So many times we devalue the moments in our lives, the major moments or the minor moments in our lives. Um, really what it is is this. It's misprioritization. Can I say that right? Misprioritization. Prioritization. Prioritization. Yeah. So, so our value, I think you got it though. Our value is that we think um, we think certain things will, will matter more. And, and I want like, I want big moments. I want these major moments. I want these big milestones in my life. I want these uh, Instagram moments or these photograph moments. And we want these big moments so everyone will pay attention, so everyone will see what we've done or what we got going on or what's happening. Everyone will pay attention. Or when people are watching or when it's game time, that's when I'll pay attention. See, there are reactionary people in life and there are proactionary people in life. Reactionary people take life as it comes and, and they just take it as it is. And, and pro, but proactionary people are people who say, you know what, I don't want to let the world determine how I live my life. I'm actually going to put things in place to where I'm going to work hard. I'm going to set myself up for those moments when the time comes. See, reactionary people say my surroundings dictate my my reactions but proactive people say i i pre-program how i react to my settings or my surroundings and i and i make a decision um actually a pre-decision of how i'm going to react when something major happens in my life i'm going to make decisions in the minor moments that will affect the major ones see there's power in pre-decisions there's power in pre-decisions and and i believe that um, when you've made up your mind, there's very little that will keep you from doing what you've made up your mind to do. See, when we pre-decide before that temptation is offered, because I, I guarantee you, every single one of you in this room, I guarantee you that someday someone will offer you drugs, alcohol, some girlfriend or some boyfriend will offer you to do things that you shouldn't be doing. Someone will ask you to send you send them pictures that you shouldn't be sending or taking pictures that you shouldn't be taking or doing things, participating in things that you shouldn't be involved in. I guarantee you someday someone will ask you to do these things and, and, and attempt you to do things that you thought you would never do. And it's so important for us to make pre-decisions in our lives when it comes to those things. When those decisions come up, when those temptations happen, and you've already decided in your mind what you're going to do, what you're going to say, and how you're going to respond to that. See, I'm not saying that every single moment in your life needs to be planned out, like every single step needs to be planned out. But what I'm, I'm saying is, uh, I'm not saying that you can't be spontaneous in any kind of way. But what I'm saying is that when these big moments, when these big temptations come your way, that you've already made a pre-decision of how you're going to respond to those things. I've heard this old saying, and maybe you've heard this saying as well. It says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And it is so true. And I don't know if my mom said that or if it was an old country song. But either way, it's true. It's true. It's true because if you don't make a decision of this is who I am, 
of this is who I represent, of this is what I do and this is what I don't do. Because when those temptations come your way, you're going to want to have an answer. You're going to want to have a response. And you're going to need to know how to respond. And, and, and you need to know now at a young age, and you're going to respond in the minor moments, because when the major moments come, that you're going to have what it takes to stand. And there's power in your pre-decisions. Uh, I want to look at Daniel in the Bible tonight. We're going to look at him if you got your Bible, and we're in the book of Daniel, chapter 6. And so really to set this up real fast, Daniel was a foreigner, uh, a stranger in a strange land, and, and he was brought to this city and, and um, Daniel, though, he was so good, he was so smart, he was so good that he was elevated to this power position in the government, and, and even though he wasn't from there. Um, how many of you guys ever heard of the story of Daniel in the lion's den? So a lot of us have, some of us have. That's okay if you haven't, because I'm going to explain it a little bit more. Um, I don't have time to read the whole thing, so I'm going to encourage you to read Daniel uh, when you get a chance. But... Um, so here's how it goes. Daniel was uh, thrown in a lion's den in a pit with a bunch of lions, and they were, it was expected to tear him apart. But, but before we get there, what happened was a law was passed by King Nebuchadnezzar. That's his real name. And, and because there were these group of guys who were so jealous of Daniel, who hated Daniel, who hated his guts, and they wanted, um, and, and Daniel was showed so much favor and these guys knew that Daniel worshiped God only. And these guys talked to the king, and they talked him into making a law that said if anyone prays to any other king than King Nebuchadnezzar, then they will be thrown into the lion's den and be killed and eaten by lions. So these guys knew that Daniel was a man of God, and Daniel had made pre-decisions in his life. Even though Daniel lived in a world that was completely separate from his belief systems, kind of sounds like your public schools, and everyone around him was encouraging him to do different things, to take part in different things, to, to if you read the story, to eat different things, and um, to do different things. And this is what against what Daniel believed. And so Daniel, three times a day, he would get on his knees and he would pray to God. And these guys knew this and they made a plan to, to have him taken out. So they tricked the king one day into making uh, this law to where everyone and all the land could only pray to King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king actually, he loved Daniel. And, but the king, they, they tricked him into making this law. So Daniel 6, here's where we pick up in the story, verse 10. It says this, now, when Daniel learned that the, de the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jer Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. See, this is important. There, there, are, there are these things that, um, are there these things in your life that you would do regardless of the penalty, regardless of who's watching? regardless of what they might say, regardless of who's going to come against you, do you have those things in your life that you will do, that you will follow God no matter what? Because right now in this story, Daniel's life is on the line. And he knew that this law had been made. And he did what he had always done. And what does that mean? That, that has, a, has a lot to do with minor moments in Daniel's life. He had a lot of minor moments on his knees praying to God and spending time with God. He knew that before he could stand with God, 
he had to kneel in front of God and spend time in the power and the presence of God. He made that pre-decision in his life. So what happens, these officials, these guys saw him and they reported him to the king and, and they were like, king, you won't believe it. You don't believe what happened. You won't believe what Daniel did. Daniel, your favorite, your favorite guy. Like you remember that law you passed where everyone had to pray to you. Well, Daniel still prays to his God. And like you, you, oh king, like you made this law that if anyone prayed to anyone but you, that they had to be tossed in the lion's den. And the king was, he was like, like distraught over this. Like he was torn up over this. And, and, but he made the law. So he had to follow through with this law. So they take Daniel to the den full of lions, which is like instant sure death. And they throw Daniel in the pit. Then they cover the pit up. Verse 19, it says this. Um, the king got up very early in the morning and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish. Um, an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. May God send his angel, or my God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed, and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. That's a pretty intense way to um, in that story, but it matters because there's, there's something to be said about saying, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I'm not going to compromise. I know the minor moments will build up to the major ones. You could say it like this, daily discipline leads to divine deliverance. A daily discipline with God will lead to a de divine deliverance with God. Uh, from God. You're going you're gonna to have moments where you need divine intervention, where if God doesn't show up in this moment, something terrible is going to happen. You need God to show up. In that major moment when you need deliverance, you need God to show up. What did your minor moments do to build up to that place? See, Daniel was ready. He spent time in the minor moments, but we get ourselves into these, these major moments without spending time in the minor moments with God. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh God, I need you. It's looking bad. God, get me out of here. But in the really reality is, it's not, and, and what we do when, when we're doing that, we're making our faith all about a religion and not about a relationship. See, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And the relationship goes strong, grows stronger in the minor moments with God. The minor moments set you up when the major moments take place. See, the moment matters. The moments matter. Where you sit, what you're doing, do you understand tonight that that matters? What you participate in, what you do, do you understand that those things matter? The moments matter. 
They will have an eternal impact on your life. These moments right here, right now in this room, these moments that we have together, the moments where you're praising God, the moments where you're sitting at home in your room, these moments all add up and do they matter in your life? There will be nights where you don't feel like coming to emerge, but I want to encourage you, though, that when you get into the presence of God and you hear the word of God, it can change your life. It can change your moments. It can be major moments in your life. Do you know that the Bible says that when the word goes forth, it will never return void? What does that mean when you hear the gospel preached? When you hear God's word spoken, it will produce something in your life. It doesn't have to be these moments to where we just get goosebumps or where we cry or where we have these big emotional moments. It doesn't have to be that. That won't happen every single night and every single moment or every single event. Honestly, honestly, if that's what you're looking for in a relationship with God, that's kind of what a destructive relationship with a person would look like. Just crying all the time. I need these moments. I need to feel these ways and I need to do these things. That's not what a relationship with God looks like. See, God is telling you tonight, you may not remember this moment, but it means everything to me that you're in my presence, hearing about me, talking about me, singing about me. You may not remember this moment years from now, but that decision that you made to, to, to look beyond yourself and to care about that person or to read your Bible, or to spend time in prayer, or to spend time in worship, those small moments with God matter so much. They build up to major moments. Um, how many of you guys watch the Avengers movies? You don't, like, don't scream, don't scream or anything. Like, so sometimes what I do, um, listen, shh. Sometimes what I do when I watch these Avengers types movies is I kind of weird, but I, I kind of put myself in some of those situations, kind of imagine what I would do, like, if I were Iron Man, or I tried to imagine, like, me kind of being a superhero, and, and I, I kind of think I'm an Iron Man, but I, I'm actually more like a Captain America, which is probably kind of lame, um, but I, I kind of try to put myself in different scenarios, in different situations, and I try to um, kind of try to relate with what's going on, and I try to, like, to, to imagine what it would be like um, in, in these scenarios and to overcome the darkness or to beat the bad side or to, to put myself in spots to where I think through, like, what would I do in this situation? And, and, um, and, I, think, and I think how I would act, and, act and, I, and, I, and I want my, and I hope that my actions would be admirable and, and I want to be, be sure of it. Like, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to spend my time kind of a weird way to lead into this, but I don't want to spend my time like dreaming of what ifs or thinking of, of what ifs in my life. Um, I, I don't want to think of what ifs. I, I know, I want to know how I'm going to act, how I'm going to respond, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do in certain situations. I, I want to be sure that I'm going to stand for what matters and not just back off. I want to be sure that I'm going to look past myself and care for others in times of need. And that only happens when you pay attention in the minor moments of life and you're intentional with it. See, we need to go from good intentions to being intentional. 
And, and we need to stop trying to get through the moments. We want to try to rush through moments in our lives that, that aren't like monumental. And, but we need to stop trying to rush through the moments and start growing through those moments. And, and we try to get through life and we try to, I just got to get through this grade or I got to get through this class and we want to make things move faster. And I'm about to say an old person thing, but uh, life moves really fast. It moves so fast. And I don't even know how I got this old. Like I've got a 16 year old and a 12 year old and like life moves so quick and so stop trying to, to fast forward, try to stop trying to speed through life and start trying to grow through life and grow in your relationship with the Lord through life. The moments matter. The moments matter so much in our lives. The, the, what if the minor moments were, matter more than the major moments? And, and honestly, they do. They set us up, those minor moments that we have daily with God. Those minor, those look at those things that we may look at minor by coming to church regularly or being here at Emerge regular, regularly. We may look at those at a, as minor moments, but these things set you up to have major moments with the Lord. Imagine what, so we got winter retreat coming up in like a week and a half. What if leading up to retreat, we have minor moment after minor moment after minor moment leading up to this moment we're going to have with God, these major spiritual moments that we're going to have. So we don't have to step into retreat being thinking like, I really need God to do something in my life. We can step into retreat being like, I can't wait to see what God does in someone else's life because we know that he moves and we know that he does things.